The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Well, Davina Montgomery would normally join us at this time every fortnight, but uh, has taken off and gone down the coast. And I mean, who could blame people deciding to do that, uh, given that we're out of lockdown eight? But certainly no guarantee that we won't be seeing further lockdowns in Greater Geelong. And in fact, the last time we had two consecutive weekends out of lockdown, it was the 3rd and the 10th of July. Uh, so, yeah, I can certainly understand why people, particularly at this time of the school holidays, why they'd want to take off. So we'll have Davina Montgomery back on the program in two weeks' time. But uh, filling in for Davina Montgomery, we've got a bit of a program favourite, Vic Bongiorno, who was uh, with us, of course, last year in the lockdowns and joins me on Fridays for 11 on Friday. Uh, so Vic is with us to talk about the issues of the day. Good morning, Vic. How are you? Good morning, Mitchell. I'm well yourself. Good, thank you. It's always a good day, I think, when you're out of lockdown. And I think it's mostly blue skies out there and looking good. So there's a bit of hope out there, isn't there? Well, there is, Mitchell, except for the fact that uh, I'm in the wilds of Geelong. And given uh, Telstra's performance, this this line is often a little bit uh, questionable. So I hope we don't have any problems today. Fingers crossed. Um, What do you think? I mean... Is there a sense from you that, you know, you've got to get out there and do things while you can? Because we've been in and out of so many lockdowns here in Geelong. Uh, you can't get two consecutive weekends out of lockdown. I know I almost get the feeling that you've got to cram as much as you can into one weekend. And just looking at that forecast there, it looks like there's already going to be rain on the weekend. So uh, not a great look. Sorry about that. Yes, um, look, a sense of having to cram? Probably not. I think the feeling is that uh, there's a general acceptance. We're, we're headed in one direction generally. Um, and one would expect that that would be uh, as a result of, you know, reaching 80% of probably double vaxxed. Uh, that's a little way down the track. I think we'd have to have some pretty dramatic uh, circumstances for that to change. But, you know, one thing I did raise with you uh, which hasn't changed, uh, are the exiled Victorians uh, living in other states that can't get back, especially in New South Wales. And I think, I think from the from the numbers that I've got, there are five thousand Victorians up there trying to to get back into their own home state where their families are. Now, I I, I find that to be um, totally at odds with uh, a government that's trying to um, seek and uh, a middle road here and, and help the, uh, the general Australian to uh, overcome the, the, the problems of the day. And I've heard some horrific stories about people who, um, about people who are trying to get back, have applied and um, have gotten nowhere. So what's happened with them is they're just living in rented accommodation um, uh, somewhere up in, in New South Wales. I just, I, just can't get, I just can't get my head around that. I spoke to Christine Cousins about it this morning and she said uh, she's had a couple of constituents contact her about this issue because they were presumably stuck, as you describe, and she says a lot of people have come back. So it feels like maybe the state government's moved on this in the last week or so. Is that what you're hearing or do you have people that are still stuck? Well, the state government, um, and Daniel Andrews has made a statement that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hearing you, we're hearing you, so if you get double vaxxed, 
we'll look at letting you in. But that is still, um, you are still required to take your mandatory tests and be involved in quarantine when you get back. And I don't think anyone would dispute that. I think that that would have been a logical step from the very start. But I think the imposition of double vaxxing has a, there's a few aspects on that for a start off. For someone who hasn't been vaxxed or has one vax, it's still going to be weeks before you comply. You don't just get double vaxxed and it's done. Um, and you're stuck up there for a few more weeks. And secondly, I would, I would worry and I would question the legality of that move, um, Mitchell. It's virtually saying um, it's pushing the government's agenda back here of double vaccinations, but it's holding a gun against your head and I don't think it's lawful. I think that um, the next step, if this is, if there's not anything said about this, the next step could easily be we're going to mandate double, vaccine, double vaccine in Victoria. Um, which would, there would be an outcry against that. I don't know about the legal implications of that. But, and I certainly question the legal right for the Premier to impose the conditions of double vaccination on somebody prior to re-entering the state. It's not a, it's not a requirement here. So why can you just say, why can you mandate it just because you feel that's the thing to do? When there, when Mitchell, there are so many options open to the government now in terms of testing and quarantining people both before they get back in the state and when they get back here and, and nothing has been done. And as I said, I, I've heard of some horror stories about people who can't get back, tragic st stories too. There's very much pain out there. And look, in one case, and I'm going to be very circumspect about quoting this, but someone actually took their own life as a result of not being able to, um, uh, uh, or this, let's say, as a result of this policy. Um, and it was a most tragic circumstance. So, uh, you know, these things are always never start and stop with one matter. But the fact of the matter is this, this policy was certainly um, complicit in the whole thing. And uh, there's a lot of pain out there. The government's just refusing to, they're certainly running a certain agenda. I, I would think that... Um, uh, you know, it's coming out of a lot of government policy. We will tell you what you can and can't do. Now, I did see a sign down on the down on the river. Uh, interestingly, uh, the other day, and I, it was stuck on a post, and I, I took particular note of it. And um, the, the words were prophetic to me, and I'm just going to quote them to you verbatim. And it goes like this: "Taking things away from people until they say yes is not a choice." Uh, and I, I think that's exactly what the government are doing here. Um, and we're seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot, a lot of across the board here with this government, especially in things of tenancy laws, um, uh, the rights for people to camp on pr hitherto uh, private land, uh, unchallenged, um, and, and very much against normal government policy in, environmentally. Um, you know, these things are coming out to, to the fore now and very much showing the hand of the government. Uh, the, the leader of the pack is the double vax requirement uh, for people to come back into the state, in my opinion. So what would you do? How would you bring people back from interstate? Would you put them into hotel quarantine? Because I think that, to me, seems like a reasonable step. I think the only hesitation I might have about doing that is the fact that you're sort of sending people from the borders into the virus zone, which is Melbourne, and then back out into the regions again after being in hotel quarantine. But other than that, that idea seems to work. Um, then there's been 
even talk about other more technological-based methods of actually making sure that people do stay at home because, unfortunately, there'll always be that rogue minority you tell people to go home, stay home for two weeks, and they won't do it. They'll go out and go to the supermarket or exercise or something when they're not supposed to, and then, you know, that one person could then spread the virus amongst a regional area. So what would be the model that you'd use to bring people back from interstate? Well, well Mitchell, for a start-off... Um uh, for a start off, hotel quarantine is predicated on the fact that um, a lot of people are inbound to Melbourne uh, on a jet. Um, that is not the case here. Um, these people are coming from the north. Uh, there are oodles and oodles of old motels up there that op- the doors open to a free air. Um, could easily be um, uh, requested uh, to to go across in a quarantine. Um, I'm sure they'd be only too willing um, and and run a quarantine program up there. I think that would be a logical choice, something more border-centric and away from the cities. So it gets rid of the problem of coming into the city and going out. Now, that can happen on both sides of the border. They might be required to do a week before they enter, the border area and cross and then a week or two weeks when they get over. Look, it would be an onerous circumstance, but anything is better than nothing. And the government has done nothing. And I just wonder where our opposition is with this. You know, I, I just I just wonder why it's, it's left for people uh, like myself to bang the drum and say this is not acceptable. Um, there, there would be a, a, a lot of ways of handling this and I, I don't think you would get uh, anyone that would say we're not going to do that um, and probably at their own expense because they're paying for rental now. They're living up there now. I mean, how would you like to be an exile up there? I think it would be the worst thing going, mm. especially when you've got family. They, 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 they are not listening. I'll give you an example. Um, there's, there's some ladies that went to, to Marimbula to do some filming and they got caught out up there on a film job, they're still there. Can't get back. There's been a long time, been up there. I'm not sure how many weeks, but a long time. Many applications later have gone nowhere. Um, what's that saying about What's that saying about the judgment of these people who are asking us to trust their judgment? Their, their judgment is flawed here. What else is it flawed with, Mitchell? What, else, what are issues... Are they running with us with flaw judgment? And I think that that's probably showing up now with the frustration of these people in the streets. Wrong as it is, wrong as it is, you can't condone that. Um, but people are uh, at their wits' end. And uh, I, you know, I've, I've long been a proponent of, of closing up and lockdowns, but the grounds, you know, the foundations have moved. Things have changed, um, and in particular, and, and in particular grievance I have is the exiled Victorians that are stuck up there that could easily be um, easily be welcomed back with circumstance. That, and outside of double vaccine, someone might have uh, a, a medical or religious view about vaccine. Unpopular, I know, not very common, but they would then be forced into getting vaxxed to come back into Victoria. Now, the Premier, I'll make the point, has not put a time limit on re-entering the state uh, and the requirement to double vax 
it could be it could be endless. Mm. And, and even though even though the borders uh, change, it could be a requirement henceforth. And that has to be that has to be challenged. And I, as I, I say again, where are our opposition in this? Yeah, I have to say, um, I've been nervous about travelling interstate ever since the pandemic happened for the reason you've mentioned. I mean, it'd be terrible to be stuck on the wrong side of the border. I've only been interstate since the uh, pandemic started once, and that was to Canberra. And of course, the whole time, you're keeping an eye on your phone to see where the COVID cases are and would be ready, because I drove to Canberra, you'd be ready to just jump back in the car and uh, head for the border if the uh, Premier wanted to snap a shut. So it is a bit of a nerve-wracking time. I do like your idea of the sort of regional motel quarantining idea because um as you say a lot of those regional motels and i've stated a few you um it's it's a bit different to being in the high-rise sort of blocks isn't it of uh, hotel rooms you've got your own balcony or your own little courtyard in a lot of them and you can actually go out and get fresh air without um going in a a sort of joint corridor well look you know how it is just you park your car out the front yes and you and you go in the door now these are perfect quarantining facilities this is what's got to happen back here you know, where they're open to open air and there's not the problem of, you know, transmission that we're seeing in, in quarantine at the moment with our um, international guests and things like that. Uh, so, um, but another point I'd like to raise, Mitchell, about this, um, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk about closing borders and uh, and, and free trade between states. I, I would think if there's anything against federalism, this is it. This is it because it's not only the trade, it's the actual People, the Australians that should be able to transit between states, uh, and without just the um, w- without the with the without the, the the firing from the hip policy. Oh well, you can come back if you've been double vaxxed, and that's all it is. This, this is an individual policy, and uh, it, it needs to be challenged in Parliament. Well, yeah, I mean, I do know that under the, you talk about the legality of it, uh, there are a lot of powers that are given to the government around pandemics. You read that legislation and it's very extensive about restricting yes. movement and all sorts of things. So, you know, how far it would get in Parliament, particularly with the numbers very much in favour of the government, uh, I'm not sure. But it does seem like they are responding to the pressure because I think a few weeks ago they weren't bringing anyone back at all and now at least there is some sort of a plan. But uh, it is a problem with the doubly vax thing simply because there is that lag time. So if you go and get your first vaccination, exactly. you've then got to wait, what, six weeks on the border before you can then get the second one uh, and then come back. So, yeah, the whole thing would be a lot easier, of course, if you could just have one vaccination and be done with it, but that's not the case. Well, as I make the point that there's no end to it either. I mean, you know, not that... It, I mean, making him put an end on it would say, well, we we agree with it, but there, there, I just make the point that he has, has not put an end to this policy. It's yeah. flat policy, that's it. And... Um, that, you know, that's very disconcerting. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you once again. Thanks for filling in, and I will catch up with you on Friday, provided that we don't have a lockdown between now and then. Always good to talk to you. Take Thank care. You. Vic, from, uh, Vic Bongiorno with us there, um, filling in for Davina Montgomery, a great friend of the program, and I speak to him on a Friday for the 11 on Friday program. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts.